in the kollel. In the morning, I'm learning the laws of insects, checking for insects in Masechus Chulin and Yeridea. And I studied this morning some chuvas, which are quite fascinating and quite fundamental to certain aspects of checking for insects. So we are going to study these chuvas tonight. One of them is a chuva of the Rashba, 13th, early 14th century. The other is a chuva of Rav Shlomo Kluger of the 19th century. These chuvas deal with what we would call today, it's a pretty basic form, what we would call today statistical sampling, statistical inference. Lahalacha, you're not allowed to eat bugs. Lahalacha, if there is a large enough probability, probability is a loaded word, probability is not exactly the right word, but if there are reasons to believe, al-pi'alacha, that the produce you would like to consume is infested with insects, then you're not allowed to eat it, or you have to check the produce to make sure there are no insects inside, or remove the insects before you eat it. There are elaborate rules when you're mechoyev to be Choshesh, that there are vermin infesting your produce, what type of produce, uh, how much time has passed, what form, what country, what climate, what, uh, what century. A lot, a lot of discussion about when exactly we have to uh, suspect that a particular piece of produce may have vermin. All the cashless agencies will provide you with charts and guides and updated information or not so updated information about what types of produce is infested or not. And normally, if a produce, if, if there's reason to believe that it is or is likely or even that there's a good chance that it's infested, miyot hamatsu, we call it, a, a substantial probability, even less than 50%, we are mechoyev, at least midrabanan, to be choshesh, that maybe there's vermin in, in the produce and not to eat it until we, until we investigate, until we clarify that there, until we verify that there is indeed no vermin in our produce. The question we're going to discuss tonight is, what about statistical sampling? I have a bunch of produce, I have uh, a thousand heads of lettuce, it just came from the farm, they came in a truck. Uh, what, what about checking a few heads of lettuce, and, and if I find them all clean, determining from that, that the lettuce is fine, and the rest of it, the rest of it is fine as well, without checking every individual head of lettuce, every individual leaf of lettuce? Is that a valid method of inferring, making what we would call a statistical inference from the sample, the small sample that I take, to the rest of the produce. Now, just to clarify, this idea of checking, of finding, let's say, three bugs, of checking three samples, this appears in the halacha of bugs, both lechumra and lakula, both as a stringency and as a leniency. In the stringent form, the halacha is, if a person has produce which he does not, it's not required to, to assume, to worry, has any bugs in it. But he happens to find a bug. So you find one bug, you take it out, you continue eating the, the rice. You find two bugs, you throw them out, you continue eating the rice. You find three bugs, then even though five minutes ago I did not have to assume there were any bugs in the rice, and even after I found one or two, I can just dismiss those, remove them, and dismiss them as flukes. Once I find three in many cases, that's called... We now change our assumption. We now say this produce is muksak betolam, and I have to either check or throw out the entire package. This is essentially an idea of sampling lechumra. If, 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 my, if my starting position was that there is low or zero probability, very low probability of there being bugs there, so I don't even have to check, but once I find three bugs, 
then I have to assume that apparently I was wrong. Apparently this, uh, this, this batch of produce is infested with talon. That, that's an idea of sampling lechumra. That's not what we're discussing tonight. That's a widely accepted procedure. Again, there are complicated rules like with anything else, but that's a widely accepted procedure. As a matter of fact, it's so widely accepted. I was reading today a tshuva from the rabbinical assembly of the conservative movement. A 16-page tshuva on bugs. The question was, Sheila, how much do we have to be choshesh for bugs and produce? They went through a learned 16-page uh, responsum, and they actually came out that were fairly strict, and maybe not quite as strict as Orthodox halacha, but they were actually fairly, uh, actually fairly strict on the question. And this was, I think, affirmed by 20 members of the rabbinical assembly to abstain. No one dissented. And it was a fairly, you know, it was, it was not that different from Orthodox halacha. They weren't quite as rigorous about some of the checking, but, you know, strawberries cut off the tops and do this. And it was maybe not quite as much soap and soaking and rinsing, but it was, it was a fairly serious, a fairly, uh, fairly serious discussion on bugs. And in the course of this tshuva, they write there, a person's eating a salad, you find one bug, you throw it away. You find two bugs, you throw them both away. You find three bugs, throw out the whole salad. So that, that's an idea of statistical inference that once I find, uh, what, what, once my sample, uh, I, once I get a certain number of positives in my sample, I have to then assume that my initial, uh, initial uh, optimistic assumption about the rest, of the, of the rest of the batch was not valid, and I have to either throw out or check the whole batch. That's not what we're going to be discussing tonight. We're going to be discussing tonight the opposite idea. You have produce which, based on what we generally know about this produce, this year, every year, based on what we generally know, there is a problem. There, maybe not every head of lettuce is infested, but we know that romaine lettuce is frequently infested. We know that broccoli is frequently infested. So let's say I have produce that, going in, my, my, my initial assumption is that there is a, a, a good chance, a real likelihood that there are bugs here. And I want to be lenient by, by, instead of checking every single leaf of lettuce, I want to be lenient by simply sampling either three or some other quantity, sampling some small portion of the total lot. And if I find that they're all good, that they're all clean, I want to infer, I want to say, oh, okay, I, did, I, I took a sample, and they all came out okay. So apparently this is a good batch. Apparently the, the rest of these are clean as well, and I can eat the rest of them without checking. Is that a valid mode of halachic reasoning or not. That's the subject of these two tshuvas in the Rashba and Rosh Kluger. And af- after we study their tshuvas, then they're not very long tshuvas, after we study their tshuvas, we'll then consider the positions of some of the cashless agencies on this question. Do we, if we again, the, the, just, to be, just to be as clear as we can, uh, it, assuming we have produce that based on our, 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 our starting hypothesis is that based on what we generally know about this species and this general climate and this general point in history, there is a good chance that they, that they are infested, but I did some sampling and they came out clean. Do I have the right to assume that the rest of the batch is clean as well? So this question was first discussed by the Rashba in a very short but uh, extremely consequential tshuva. Rashba writes, Sha'al ta'od, the mashkasafti, b'shar hechshar ochlin, he wrote in his Tarasabayas, that adashim upulim v'zesim. The bugs were a concern in the medieval period, contrary to some you know, revisionist scholars today who try to claim that concern about bugs is a relatively recent uh, thing. Bugs were always a concern. The, 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 the postkim, it, it went in kind of waves. Postkim in certain eras were 
wrote more about it, less about it, but concern for bugs goes back to the Talmud. Concern for bugs was, was an ongoing concern. In the, in, the, in the medieval period, the Rush, the Rashba wrote a fair amount about particular species of, of foods that were infested and so on. Beans, all types of legumes and grains were, were a common, uh, commonly infested. So the Rashba wrote in Taras Abayas, Adashim, Upulim, different kinds of beans and lentils, Vizesim, and olives, Olives struck me as odd. Olives are not one of the things we worry a lot about today, but, but apparently the Rashba, some of the Rishonim felt in their time, and their, in their time and place, olives were frequently infested. So beans and lentils and olives, harachash matzibahen, infestations of vermin are frequent, harbeb and mechuber, the vermin infestations while they're still attached, that, that, that vermin, that vermin that are infesting the, the, the produce while the produce is still attached to the ground are more stringent in certain ways than vermin that come in after after the produce has been harvested. Those are also a problem, but they're even more of a problem when they infest it while they're still attached to the ground. Therefore, you have to do bedika. You have to do some kind of inspection, a pretty rigorous inspection, to make sure that the beans that you want to eat are not infested. Also, incidentally, again, some of these revisionist writers like to say that, oh, even if they did check, it was very cursory, it was very superficial. And I'm not going to deny that in some times and places the, the checking was more superficial, but not always. We find in the, we find in the early postkin, going back at least 500 years, they say things like, we shouldn't trust women because Badika is very difficult, involves Torah Rav, and we can't trust the women to do a good job. Now that itself is a very problematic thing to say, as our HaShulchan points out. Can't trust the women. The women are very, very medactic. The, the women are the women are very careful about uh, about kashrus. Everything to do with kashrus. There, they're extremely careful. So he doesn't understand why the why why there is this suspicion of women. But anyway, the idea that a proper bedika has torah rav has great great effort is very tedious. Is an idea that goes back many hundreds of years. There are many types of infestations, many types of produce. If you're going to do a proper and thorough checking. It is not going to be easy. It's not going to be simple. It's going to require uh, great efforts, and therefore, the based on this, based on the the, the realia that these, these that these common foods were badly infested, and the realia that doing a proper bedika is going to be very tedious. So, v'nistapik lecha. So, the Rashbas correspondent asked him, "In badak if I sampled, I inspected some. Doesn't say what he means exactly by some, but he says I inspected some of the produce." and I didn't find any, any infestation. Can I therefore conclude, can I infer that, okay, I guess, I guess these vegetables are not infested. I guess this produce is, is clean. And I no longer have to do any badika. I'm done. Once I did my sampling and they all came out good, I don't have to worry. Oh, or, or not. Maybe not. Maybe no matter how many I check, some is not enough. I have to check every single one to make sure that they are not infested. Yes? Right. Simcha says not all of them would be infested, and that's exactly what the Rashba is going to say. Let's see the Rashba's tshuva. Tshuva. There is no doubt that these species are commonly infested, that these are common common problems. Even though you checked some of them, checking some cannot allow us to conclude that the others are okay as well. And the Rashba says, what Simcha just said, when we say that these, that, these, that these types of produce are infested and they have to be checked, 
We don't mean that they're all infested or that rove of them are infested, in which case that would be contradicted by sampling and finding they're okay. That's not what we, Rechoshesh, the Rashper says, for what we call Mird Hamatzi. Mird Hamatzi means a less than 50%, but likely possibility. Mird Hamatzi is one of the, is one of the fundamental concepts of Bedikas Tolaim. The Rishonim express this in the, the Sirgis and Chulun of, of, of Bedikas Tolaim. The, the Rishonim say that even though Midaraisa we follow Rove, and if, if the chance of something is less than 50%, we, we could Midaraisa, we would say, Acharam Lahatos, we assume the more, the more likely pop, possibility, and therefore it's mutter. So if, 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 we, if we were to establish that nine out of ten lettuce, or that five out of, four out of five lettuce are okay, and one is not okay, what one means and what, and, and what nine means is, is a whole question. Heads, servings, leaves, we're not going to get into that. But in general, if we say that most of the lettuce is okay, Midaraisa, that would be fine, we're Samechan Rov. Midraban on the Rishonim say there's, there's a chiv to be bodek if it is miyot hamatzi. If it's a miyot, but the miyot is a, a, a large miyot, what the definition of large is is hotly debated. Some say more than 10%, others give other figures. Uh, other, others say it's not a question of figures, there are qualitative rules for this, but whatever it is, there, there is a halachic rule that certain types of miyot, which are considered matzui, which are considered frequent and likely, even though they're still a miyot, they're not rov, you have to be choshesh. Says the Rashba, the whole chashash of these vegetables is miyot, 30%, whatever it is, 25%. That's what we're choshesh for. So what are you telling me? You sampled, uh, you, you sampled some of the produce and they were all fine. That doesn't contradict the, the, the possibility that 25% are infested. Yeah, 25% infested means 75% are not infested. So good, you, you, your samples came from the 75% that's not infested. The kol ain't som al you can't just check some. The Rashba makes an analogy, brings a kind of uh, precedent for this, that, that, we're, that, that we're not so mechan on, on a partial bedika. Shumir hamatsui. The reason we check the lungs. The halacha is there are many different kinds of trephus, many different types of trauma and damage and decay that can render an animal trefa. One list has eight, one list has 18, one list has 70 or 72. There are all kinds of different lists in the Gemara and the Rambam about how many, tons and tons, dozens and dozens of different trephus. We check for very, very few of them. We only check for a small handful of them, the primary one being damage to the lungs, Padika Sarea, checking the lungs. We take the lungs out. We, we will, for first, we feel the lungs to make sure that they're smooth, they don't have any adhesions. Then we take the lungs out and we inflate them and we spray them with water. We, we do different things to check the lungs. That's one of the few trephus we're actually, we actually check for. Why? So surprisingly, this is not really clearly asserted anywhere in Hulin that there's a, a that there's a chiv to check the lungs. It, it it it's inferred from Midrashim and other places, and the Rishonim will say it, based on Chazal, based on Svara, that they they give a few reasons why we check the lungs, even though we don't generally check for the rest of the trephus. The reason we don't check the rest of the trephus is because of rov rov behemas are not trephus lahatus. So why do we check for the lungs? The, the lungs also the Rishonim assumed was not rov problematic. Today, in some places, they claim, at least based on the humerus that we do, maybe in some populations, rove are actually a problem. But in general, historically, rove behemoths were not trephus. So why, why do we have to check the lungs? So the Rishonim gives several reasons, actually, but the most, uh, one of the most common explanations given is because it's mir hamatsui, because it is relatively likely, even though it's still only a miat, but it's a mir hamatsui, that's why we check the lungs, because the, the, animal, the, the number of animals with, with damage to the lungs that would render them trephus is not rove animals, but it's a large enough miut, it's a significant enough miut, it's called matsui, frequent, common, 
that we have to check for it. Says the Rashba, we're not, we, we, we are not so mech on a bedika of mikzas. Not entirely clear what mikzas, what the Rashba has in mind by mikzas. I saw one contemporary author who seems to assume he meant that if you have a flock of animals, you can't just sample and check. If you have a hundred animals, you can't just sample a few animals, and if they all come out okay, you can skip the bedika of the rest of them. We'll see soon. Rosh Kluger seems to have understood the Rashba meant you can't just check part of the lung and then say, okay, the, re- the, the, the first half of the lung is glot, the second half is probably glot too. So one, one way or another, the Rashba either means you can't check some animals and infer the kashras of the rest, or you can check part of the lung and assume the kashras of the rest of the lung. Says the Rashba, that's halacha b'dikas areya. Once you have to check for and hamatsui, you have to check thoroughly and completely. You can't just sample and, and decide that's good enough. The same thing applies to bugs, the Rashba says. Once the, infest, once the presumed infestation, presumed overall infestation level, rises to the level of mir hamatsui, that triggers an obligation to check. That obligation to check cannot be satisfied by sampling, by, by, by simply checking a, a, a statistically significant portion and inferring from that to the rest. It doesn't work like that, the Rashba says. You have to check all of them, every single one. This Rashba is brought by the Beis Yosef. This Rashba is codified by the Raman, Shulchan Aruch. And this is a great, great Chumrah. This, the Rashba seems to be foreclosing the possibility of sampling. As we'll see, various catcher's agencies explicitly declare they rely on sampling procedures to, to, to verify that things are kosher. The Rashba seems to completely reject, out of hand, the possibility of sampling to establish the kosher's of vegetables. Again, we're talking about a case where, based on our initial information, our, our initial hypothesis is, based on what we know in general about this type of food, that there is a problem with infestation. Then the Rashba says, that triggers the Chiyah Badika, and sampling, sampling a representative uh, sample, is not sufficient to consider the rest of them okay. So we jump now about five, six hundred years in the future into a tshuva of Rav Shlomo Kluger. Rav Shlomo Kluger was uh, one of the outstanding postkim in, in Russia in the 19th century. Prolific author, wrote hundreds and hundreds of tshuvas. And this is a tshuva from his sefer Tuvtam Vadas, in which he writes as follows: Hine, al benidon The question involving potatoes, I think. There are, there are, I think there are a few different words for uh, for potatoes: kartoflin, bulbous, uh, erdapple. Not sure if they're slightly if they're different species, or I'm confusing the terms, or if they're synonyms or overlapping terms. Anyway, there are some potatoes. And we actually don't generally worry about potatoes, as far as I know. I don't think anyone really checks for potatoes or does anything particularly uh, involved for potatoes. But in the in Rosh Hashanah's time, this was a real problem. Potatoes were infested. Some potatoes are wormy. They have worms inside them. So I don't know exactly the, the assumptions of his question, something to do with Pesach and the way that the potatoes have to be prepared. It was, he said, impossible. Difficult or impossible. We'll see later about this in the tshuva, a little more about that. It was difficult slash impossible to actually check every single potato to see if it had any worms. So the question was, can we do sampling? In Mutter Livdo, Gimel Mikol Bar, Apparently they stored these potatoes in boros and pits and in, in, in uh, kind of uh, subterranean chambers. 
is it enough if we check the, 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 the proposal of Rav Shlomo Kluger's correspondent was, can we get away with checking three potatoes from each batch, from each bar, and if they turn out to all be okay, we can infer that the rest of the bar is okay as well. This sounds like the case of the Rashba. The Rashba says, no, you can't do that. So, what's the question? Rishon Kluger's question basically is, is the Rashba correct or not? And is the Rashba logical or not? And because Rishon Kluger does not like what the Rashba seems to be saying, he's going to limit the Rashba, he's going he's to add qualifications and make distinctions. Basically, this would seem to be a textbook application of the Rashba. Nevertheless, Rishon Kluger is going to argue for some leniency. Says Rishon Kluger, he nay. Makar didn't zehu barashba. Makar of this din, obviously, it's in the Rashba. The Rashba says no sampling. Says Rishon Kluger, vinehu lamadzeh mitrefus areya. The Rashba gave his mushal, he gave his his analogy, his precedent for the idea that we don't sample is from trefus areya, from the trefus that that involve damage to the lungs, where the Rashba says you have to check every lung and the entirety of every lung, and there's no. no sampling, you can't just check something and say the rest is okay as well. So the Rashba says the same thing applies for talaim, for, for worms, for insects. We can't just sample, we have to check everything. The Rashba is very difficult to understand. I don't think there's any proof from Raya, and I don't think the Rashba's din is so logical. He says, The Rashba may very well be correct that when, in a vacuum, if we have, if we have a, uh, if, if, we start, if we start out with a rove, with that, that, that the rove, rove vegetables, rove of a certain type of produce, don't have worms, okay, so that's one rove in our favor. But meat and you have to be choshish. And sampling doesn't help. If the sampling is just buttressing one rove, he's saying that the, the, if all you have is a rove plus the sampling, Okay, we'll, we'll grant the Rashba's point that, may, that, that maybe sampling doesn't work. However, he says, in, in our types of scenarios, including the one the Rashba himself is discussing, there are really two roves that the, really two roves that we have. After the sampling procedure, we're really ending up with two roves. First of all, rov min ein In general, the starting at the null hypothesis, before we do any sampling, is that most of this min, most of lettuce, most of potatoes, whatever it is, don't have tolam. This is not necessarily true for every species, but uh, there, there, are some, there, are some spe- there are some species of produce that are so infested there's no rove to begin with, as Rafael Kluger is going to acknowledge. But in a case where we have produce, like the potatoes, that uh, it's not rove potatoes that are infested. A miut of potatoes are infested. It's, it's only a miut. It's a miut hamatsu, you have to check, but it's only a miut. And gam elu nivdeku ruban vlonimtsabahem. Let's say, let's say we would check most of the potatoes, and we didn't find any, we didn't find any, uh, any vermin. That's the second rove now. We, we have that, the, that, that, first of all, we know that in general most potatoes are clean, and this batch, we, we, we specifically and particularly uh, produced a rove by, by checking, let's say, rove of, the, rove of this batch. Now I have two roves. So two roves is something that, that allows me to be make ill entirely. And that's not like Rea. He'll discuss Rea again soon. Rea is only one row, he's saying. You checked you know, some of the Rea, so you checked. We'll discuss Rea a little bit later. But in general, he says, the, here we have two rows after the sampling. Assuming we sample enough, that we have two rows. We have the row of the, this type of produce in general, plus a second row about this particular batch that was, that was established by the sampling. Two rows should be good enough for anyone, he says. We should be able to be making 
Afilu Rabbi Meir, the Chayish L'Miyuta, there is a position of Rabbi Meir, who's Chayish for Miyuta in general, not just Miyuta Hamatsi, Rabbi Meir is always Chayish for, for Miyuta, we don't pass him like Rabbi Meir, but Rabbi Meir is always Chayish for the Miyuta, Mikolakom Barov V'chazakom Modid, Ami Miyuta de Miyuta, when, you're, when, when combined with the rove is a second argument for leniency, a chazaka, which is a, another presumption which tells us it's okay. So rove plus chazaka, now we have two halachic uh, grounds for leniency. Rabbi Meir agrees. Umikolshkin betray ruba, certainly in our case, where if we sample enough, once we, get, we sample more than 50%, that's, that, at that point we have tre ruba. Who said, where does the Rashba get this idea from? Mir Hamatzi is a chumrah to begin with. Even though it's a rove, we're choshish for Mir Hamatzi. But now you have two roves. Rove, rove of the min in general, rove of the species in general, plus a second rove on this particular batch that was established by the sampling. So why on earth should you be choshish? Two roves? Still choshish? Mechatesi? Says Rishol McClugger, because of the compelling nature of this argument, he would like to limit the Rashba very much. The Rashba was speaking about a, a scenario where the infestation was so bad that it was not rov k'sherim. Half or more than half of the, of, of, the, of the produce, of the quantity of produce of this min was actually infested. So there's no rov to begin with. All you have is the sampling to go on. You don't have tray ruby. Before the sampling, you don't have a rov at all. It's not meat hamatzi, but before you, before you start... It's, uh, it, was, it, it, it was Rove or, or, or 50-50 L'Chumrah. That, uh, that, that's Asr Mikra Din. After the sampling, you have one Rove. That, that's what the Rashba is saying. One Rove is not enough. In Echanami, that's all the Rashba means. When it's, when it's one Rove, it's not enough. But when you start with a position of, of, of Rove to begin with, and then the sampling gives you a second Rove, that the Rashba was not talking about. He explains, L'Kach, Afm Givdok Elu, Havirach, Chad Ruba, Olehepach, or another, another way to understand the Rashba, to who married Lekel Fenu Sachma Babigan Echad, Uchidome, Raka Kavana, Shanismochal Badikas, Mixas Amen, O Rubo, Lismochal Kolomin, Bishana Zu, Bazesfirulade, Lamahani Kiman Dabichad Ruba. The Rashba is talking about there's only one rope. In, in, in this sentence that I just ran through, the Rashba, the, the, the Rashba McClure says something very important, something very interesting. He says another reason the sampling, would, the, the sampling wouldn't work, or at least wouldn't, wouldn't work to create two roves is in a case where the, the population that you sampled, population design, you know, sam- sample frame design is a, is a major topic and a major issue in, in statistical sampling, but if the population you have doesn't have any uh, homogeneity to it, it's just, it, it, it's, just, it, 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 it's just taken randomly from the, from, from the overall... Roshulakulogar is distinguishing between a case where you have a bunch of potatoes from one field where the sampler can tell you this field is clean, even if other fields are not, this field is clean, or a case where the potatoes came from all over the overall population, so then we're dealing with one row. We're dealing with... Uh, then, we're, then we're dealing with... Uh, you, you, we can't say that, that I have two rows. The, the population in general is good, and this particular field is good. There's no this particular field. The potatoes came from all over. So there's one question. And the, most of the potatoes this year are good. Some are bad. In that case, the Rashba is telling you it's only Chad Ruba, and therefore, it, it, the, the Rashba is telling you that, 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 that it's only Chad Ruba and we don't rely on sampling. The, so, two cases. Either Rashba is talking about a case where this year all the potatoes are bad, so, or most, most potatoes are bad, 75% of potatoes are bad this year. So, you're starting off from a, a, very, uh, a, 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 very, a very tough lift. Then you found one particular field 
you sampled and you decided that most of the, that the sampling indicates that most of this field is good. Okay, so you end up with one row. That's the first scenario the Rashford might be talking about. Or the second scenario is that there is no this field. Most potatoes this year are good. But you just took potatoes from all over, not from any one particular field, and you found that most of the ones you took are good. Okay, so that's a rove. We already, already knew there's a rove. But, uh, but, but you can't tell me that this field has a separate rove now. However, says the Roshulam Kluger, But if your sample came from a specific place, then it would be it would be plausible to check the rove, and that would generate tray ruba. Then he says, and then he goes even further. You don't, maybe you don't even have to check rove of the field to, to, to get a valid sample. How much do you have to sample? We know that when they poll people for, for political uh, polls, they, they don't poll most of the population. They poll uh, 942 people, and then they apply lots of whiz-bang statistics, and they say that we have a 95% uh, conference interval, that this re- represents the overall percentage of, li- of likely voters, plus or minus 2%, or whatever it is. And that's the magic of statistics. So the, so the halacha doesn't have the magic of statistics. Halacha has its own rules. The Rishon Kluger says, checking three. As we mentioned earlier, halacha generally to establish a chazaka just requires three. Why three should be enough, how that holds up to statistical analysis, I am not going to attempt to explain. But the, that's the general rule in halacha. We infer from three instances to a general pattern, to a general trend. At that point also, Kivan Davi, if, 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 you're, if, you're null, if your null hypothesis is that most, of the, that, that most of the pairs are anyway okay, and then you sample a, a particular cohesive location, like one field, and you, and you get Rove again, or even just a Chazaka again, at this point, we can now say that we have two Roves, or a Rove plus a Chazaka, says the, says the Rashba, that the, the Rashba might agree that there's no chashash. So basically, Rosh Hashanah wants to argue that the, even the Rashba was only machmer, where the sampling, at the, after the sampling, you only have what he would call one rove, when there's two roves, because the sampling came from a specific location, and at that point, he, he wants to look at it that we have two roves, the rove of the general population, plus the sampling that indicates the rove of this particular batch, you can, you can argue whether logically that, that, that two roves is really more significant or not, whether it really changes the, the probability in terms of modern statistics. But this is where Roshul Kluger argues that, one, that once we have two roves, a rove of the general population plus a rove of a specific batch, at that point he suggests we, even the Rashba would agree, should agree, Misvaratri Mutter, there's no riot from Badikas Hareya. Roshul Kluger then goes on to discuss Badikas Hareya. He says the Lushan of the Rashba who brought this analogy to Reya. Rashba says that Ain Somkun Badikas Mixas Oharov, that it is not sufficient to check part of the Raya or most of the Raya. Lashim Demashmad maybe Rayama de Bereya ain't die but mixas or rovaraya. It's not enough to check part of the lung or most of the lung, rak, tsarik livdo, kolhareya. You have to check the entire lung. That's mashma, that even though even though again you have you, you have two roves over there. Let's say let's say you have a cow and you check you check uh, 75% of its lung, and, 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 and it's okay. And the last 25%, you want to just go out for lunch and not check the rest. I have two roves. Most cows have good reyes. The, the problematic reyes are 20%, whatever it is, but most cows have good reyes. This particular cow, I checked most of its reya. I checked most of its reya, and most of its reya is good. So the, this particular cow, I have a second rove. So one could argue that in a case like this, 
Again, the, the, that, that, the, that, that, so that, that, and yet, you know, that. That would seem to be a proof from what Kluger says that I'm wrong, that even when there's two rows, the Rashba's Machmer, you know, you still have to, you still don't rely on sampling, you still have to check everything. That's different than Rashba says. That's different than Shlomo Kluger says. You already started to check the Ray. You already started to check. Just finish the Ray. Wait for lunch. Wait another 30 seconds to go out for lunch. How long does it take to check a Ray? You have to check the beginning. Because without the beginning, you only have one rope. Once you check and you get three quarters of the way through, at that point, you have two ropes. Okay, so just finish off checking. It's not a big ask. There were Choshesh, even though it's uh, there's two ropes. And it's only and we're choshish for a miyuta de miyuta. Miman of shach lived the korea tzarech. You have to start checking the red. The lulei zavi rakhadru bava miyuta matzi. If you don't check the red at all, that's certainly a problem because it's miyuta matzi. Kivan dechay lived the korea. Kivan dehezkel bode kula dechad tirchu. It's one tirchu. Once you're checking, just finish the checking. Al bedikas a peros. You want to tell me I have to check every single kartoffel? I have to check one after another. That we call chad tirchu ba peinafshe. Yeishlomer called about the gimel mehem v'hukzak min zeh Assuming I have a, a cohesive population, and I checked three from this population, from one field or one garden, and they're not wormy, says the Roshlom Kluger, it seems to me that misvara you'd be allowed to be mekel. If most of the men in a given year is good, and you check the particular batch, and most of that batch is good, Roshlom Kluger says in such a case, that's called, if you check most, or even if you just check three, that's rov and chazaka, he thinks you could be mekel. However, Lemaisa is not so quick to be mekel. Lemaisa, the Rashba doesn't seem to say like this, even though we have Dechukim in the Rashba, we can make Ukimtus in the Rashba. The Rashba seems to be saying that even when there's Trey Rube, he completely rejects the idea of sampling. So Lachara, once again, after all this pelpel, even though Rashlom Kluger has strenuously argued that in a case where you have Trey Rube, rove of the general... Uh, universe of the whole population of the of a particular year and a particular robe of a particular batch ge- or a chazaka generated by sampling, the Rashba seems to be saying that's still not good enough, even though it involves multiple tircha, you still have to do it. So Shlomo Kluger says, much in a vacuum I would have been mekil, but I defer to the Rashba. However, and the last paragraph is the crucial paragraph, Achnirimizedal so I'll agree that in general, lechatchila, we have to follow the Rashba, and we can't rely on sampling. However, dehainu rakim efsher livedokulo. If it's feasible, if it's possible to be bodek the whole thing, then the the, the Rashba says you, you do, and you can't rely on sampling. Avalam efsher livedokulo. If it is impossible to check the whole the, the entire the entire collection of produce, yesh lo demodei Rashba diabedikas gimel. Then the Rashba would agree that you can sample. This is a classic uh, bit of halachic reasoning. He thinks the Svara is completely on his side, but he has to defer to the Rashba. But therefore, we'll limit the Rashba, because the Rashba, to begin with, he thinks, is not so plausible. He'll limit the Rashba as much as possible. And he'll say the Rashba is only talking about lechatchila, where it's feasible. If it's not feasible, he says, we can rely on sampling. Sampling of three. The Rashba is talking about a case where there's only two rows, because every year this Tolam, but every year there's Tolam. So even after the Rove, plus the Chazaka, you only have two things. If you have a Min, which most years don't have a problem, even Mir only occasionally there's a problem, one year there's a problem, 
But Zehavi Rov Shanim Shem Beminzeh Tolam. Now we have most years are good. Gam Rov Minzeh B'Shan as you went B'Tolam. And also, even the year that is a problem, it's only, uh, I'm not sure what it helps that most years are okay if this year it is a problem. This year is not the same as last year. So I'm not really sure what he's saying here, but he's saying somehow you have two different roves. Most years are fine. Even the year that is a problem, most produce is still fine. And then you have the chazaka of the sampling. Sampling works. If you have, uh, so, so the, the, the Rosh Hashanah gives you two leniencies, halacha even after the Rashba. One is that the, one is that if it's EF sure, you can rely on sampling. If it's, it doesn't say what it means and it's EF sure, it's literally impossible, it'll take too much time, it's a tercha gedol, it doesn't tell you what impossible means, but for some value of impossible, he's telling us that we can rely on sampling, or if you add an, another rove, so you have two roves plus the sampling, then you can rely on the, on the sampling. Ah, he says, he reiterates the, the condition he mentioned earlier, the idea that the sampling can tell you that this batch is good only makes sense if this batch comes from one particular field. Then you can say the sampling tells us that this batch was a good batch. It has to come from the same field. If, if they're mixed from different fields, then the sampling doesn't tell us anything. So you have to know. He says, a non-Jew if he's Mesiach Vitumo, if he's just making conversation without realizing the significance of what he's saying, you can rely on that. You just ask him casually, oh, where do these potatoes come from? He tells you, oh, they all came from Farmer John's field, so that's fine. Afle you can even ask him directly, in the laws of Aguna, where the, law, the, the primary locus of the laws of Mesiach Vitumo, there are all kinds of rules. Where if you ask him directly, even if you don't tell him it's for halachic reasoning, sometimes he, he realizes that, that there's uh, import and significance behind the question. But in this case, he says, as long as he doesn't know the, the Isser Vahetar, if you, even if you ask him directly, as long as, he, as long as he doesn't have any reason to understand that it's a, question, it's a halakhic question, he has no idea why you care if all the potatoes came from Farmer John's field or Farmer McGregor's field or half and half, or they came from a miscellany of small farmers. As long as he doesn't know, then you can trust his answer. Since the whole issue is drabanan, even the whole idea that we check the lungs, the halig checking the lungs, which is one of the foundations of modern kashras, any kashras for hundreds and hundreds of years, is only a din drabanan. And therefore, Mesiyach Vitumo, even this kind of not uh, 100% ideal, Mesiyach Vitumo is good enough. That is the tshuva of the Rashba, of the Shulman Kluger. He says, although we have to defer to the Rashba, and generally we have to reluctantly uh, give up the tool of sampling. However, in some cases you can sample either when it is EF sure, when it's impossible, or if you have several rows together plus the sampling, then you can rely on the sampling. The question is what, again, the, the key question is what exactly, uh, what exactly is EF sure? So, Rabbi David Bistritzer, he's a leading OU expert on bugs and so on. So he quotes from Rabelsky. Rabelsky was, the, was, was one of the leading postkim for the OU, one of the leading postkim for the United States. Had a lot to say about bugs. So Rabelsky apparently invoked, the, invoked this of Shalom Kluger and allowed them to rely on sampling when it was difficult or impossible to check everything. He quotes Rabelsky as saying, Kasher botkim kamoyot gedolot, when we have to check large quantities, wholesale quantities. It is excessively difficult to check everything. Excessively difficult, obviously, is a, is a somewhat uh, qualitative term. 
Some people might feel spending 15 minutes checking lettuce is excessively difficult. Some people might feel spending four hours checking is difficult. Some people might feel that if we have to have workers doing it all day, that's excessively difficult. So not so clear how to define excessively difficult. But Rabelsky is reported as saying that if there would be, if you're checking large quantities and it would be a tirchi yisera to inspect literally everything, maspik livdok rak shlosha peros yiroks mechavila, it is sufficient to check three units, three peros or three vegetables, three fruits or three vegetables per bundle. Not sure what the definition of bundle is, what the definition of peros is, but it's sufficient to check three. Kimokain, b'mifalim shemeshtamshem ba'alfa yirakos, in factories where, where they're using thousands of vegetables, it is, it is permitted to simply take samples, examples from each delivery, and to rely on statistics. The Mir is, is the famous shita that Mir Hamatzi is 10%. If we can use statistical sampling to establish that the frequency is less than 10%, that is fine. Now, blithely saying that you can use statistics to establish that it's less than 10% is, is a little bit vague. Statistics, I, I don't really know statistics or understand it very well, more than, uh, more than the very, very rudiments of it, but statistics can never tell you by taking samples what the underlying frequency is. It can tell you within a certain probability the likelihood is that the, that, that, that the, that the frequency, is like, like when they do a poll, they always tell you we have a, a political poll. They always tell you that we have a, within a 95% confidence interval that the, that the underlying percentage is, between, is in this range. So I, I don't know what percentage you have to have to assume that it's within the range. That, that the, if you're trying to conclude that the, that the overall infestation is under 10%, which would be below me and Hamatsu, I don't know what confidence level you have to have and what kind of statistical... Uh, sampling you have to do, but vaguely, generally speaking, Rabelsky is reported as having said that basically following this of Shalom Kluger, that the, even though the Rashma tells us that we don't sample, that, when, that, that once is a Chiyah Badika, we have to check every single one, if it's difficult or impossible, Tircha Yisera, he said if it's, uh, if it's a large wholesale quantities, Tircha Yisera, Rabelsky said you can sample, you don't have to check individual, every individual item. Rabbi Bistritzer explains further. He says, look at the Rashba, look at the Rishon Lekluger. Rabbi Noamar, Rabelsky said, Shechazaka, that, that, it has to be rational. He says, you can't just check three cabbages and to, uh, and to establish the, thereby that all the cabbages in New York are okay. I'm not sure, again, what the issue is. Again, Rishon Kluger assumes that you have to have three from the same population. So, Rishon Kluger is also assuming that you, that you have to establish the sampling can only tell you a specific population, not the entire min. Alcheni says, You're allowed to rely on sampling and statistics. Where they're using large quantities. Again, I'm not, this is apples and oranges. Uh, he started by saying you can't do sampling when you don't have a, a unified population that the, where the sample doesn't come from a, a cohesive, unified population. Then he talks about sampling in, in factories because where they use large quantities because it's Mekubal al-Hadas, because it makes sense. Not very clear what he means exactly. I have here an English article as well by Rabbi Bistritzer. He said, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but he, uh, he repeatedly says... This is a layman's article. He's not writing with rigorous halachic uh, sourcing, but he writes... For all practical intents, intents, that should be intents and purposes, I think, 
Kosher law defined a significant probability as 10% according to unit weight. That's the Mishkan Yaakov, the Shita of 10%. To ensure that proper kosher standards are met, the OU has the OU has implemented a statistical system of sampling that assesses infestation levels with greater than 90% certainty. So again, I'm a little confused here whether the 10% is the certainty level or the infestation level, or both. You have to have a 90% certainty that there's a less than 10% infestation level. I'm not sure why you need 90% on the certainty. This system has been created through the assistance of respected professional statisticians. Okay. Uh, discussing frozen vegetables, he says similarly that they only certify, they, they, they generally sort of typically certify during fall and winter when they're lowered to begin with infestation rates. OU field reps will randomly pull samples, check the samples. If the samples are insect-free, then they'll sign off on that day's uh, production. Similarly, he says, uh, with, with herbs, IQF, I'm not sure what IQF is, with IQF herbs, he says that, that they, again, they do sampling, the, the, that they, they, they check samples. The purpose of the checking is to assess the overall infestation levels in the field, provided that test results fall within acceptable tolerance levels, whatever that means, however that's defined. All lots harvested from that particular field will be certified by the Orthodox Union. Um, okay, salads, salads as well. The salads, he says, they do, again, sampling, substantial samples of vegetables, or uh, substantial samples of vegetables or final product. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et when on-site supervision is not a possibility, the implementation of statistics has proven to be invaluable. So again, uh, Mr. Ritzer, following Rabelsky, apparently says that we do rely on sampling. Although again, it's a little bit vague about what exactly is, uh, when exactly do we do sampling, and based on what, and what are, what are the standards? Uh, at one point, he writes, when it's not a possibility, which is from McClure's language, when it's EF sure, then we rely on sampling. But again. What, what exactly is called the Efsher is, uh, is, is not entirely clear. Uh, Rabbi David Cohen, the author of a, uh, a book, he, he's with one of the Kashrus agencies, I forget which one, but he's, um, he has a series of books on, on Kashrus and other halakhic issues. Uh, he's uh, you know, a very useful book. He has an entire chapter on sampling, which is where I, I began, we began our research into this, into this topic. He goes on at some length about this for a few pages. On the one hand, we have the Rashba that we don't rely on sampling. On the other hand, we have Rav Kluger, who argues that we should, at least when it's impossible. And he basically concludes, based on his analysis of the sugya, maybe this is the prevalent attitude of the Kashrus agencies, that again, that the Ikar is whether, we, whether the sample size is taken from one particular subset of the population that has some commonality to it, like it was grown in a greenhouse, it was washed, it was treated in a special way. If there's something unique so that, uh, about a particular population that might lower the infestation rate, then if you sample that population and you see that the rates are low, we can say the sampling tells us that this, that this subpopulation is different from the overall population. But in a case where there's nothing particular, nothing unique about your sample, you just take a sample of the whole, uh, of the whole population, and there's nothing, there are no distinguishing factors between this particular sample and everything else, then you have to be machmer. Even in a case where the sample comes from one field, he says, if nothing unique was done to the field, it's just one, even though it's possible that bugs don't like this field, cosmic rays or it's too near a power station or something like that, even though you can come up with uh, creative reasons for why this field might be better, then he says we don't rely on sampling. If, if there's nothing concrete and objective that we can point to that says 
this field is different, or this batch is different, it was washed, it was greenhoused, it was pesticided, it was whatever it is, if there's nothing concrete and substantial like that, then he says we don't rely on sampling to just say that, okay, I guess this field got lucky and was free of bugs. But in a case where there is something unique about the field, there is something special and different about the field, then the, that, we're just not sure if it, if it worked, then he says we, then he says we, we do rely on sampling, that much we do, despite what the Rashba said, that the Rashba was only talking about a case where, again, where there's nothing unique about the particular sample, but the, about the particular population that you sampled, but in a, case where the, in a case where there's something special about the population that you sampled from, then he says we rely on sampling. Rabbi Cohen was, the, was a halachic policy coordinator for the OU for a number of years, and he moved to Chicago, about uh, 17 years ago, where he joined the CRC. So the, he's a veteran cashless expert, and he argues that this is, that this is the policy that he, that, he, that he recommends or endorses, which is kind of a compromise. So we have the Rashbu says we don't sample. We have Roshan Kluguru says that in some cases we do, particularly if it is uh, impossible to check every single one, then we can rely on sampling. Roshan Kluguru himself has a, another scenario where we can sample if there are two rows plus the sampling, then we can rely. Then he says you can rely on sampling. And then we have Rabbi David Cohen's uh, distinction that if the if the sampling is done on a unique population, on a population which has substantial concrete factors differentiating it from the general overall population, then sampling can tell you that this this concretely different population is less infested. But if you just sample uh, an arbitrary field, even if you sample one particular field. Sampling is not enough to conclude that this field is different from the rest of the population.